Welcome back to Optimistically Salty. My name is Tracy, and today we're going to talk about things my therapist said. <laughs> There's a page on Instagram that says, I think it's literally called Things My Therapist Said. Um, so a little bit of a steal from that idea. But I wanted to offer a resource or two that I have been utilizing, and then just talk about... I guess some of the realizations that I've had over the past week. So welcome to the insight episode <laughs> in between episodes that might actually cover content or books. So here we go. Enjoy. All right. So this week is going to be a little bit of the dumping grounds of therapy. Um, my name is Tracy and I'm codependent. I was codependent. I have codependent relationships. There we go. That's the one to keep. I have codependent relationships. The wonderful thing about that is that I also have amazingly interdependent relationships. I have started to build friendships where we are two independent people who just enjoy sharing information or having conversation. And it makes me feel like I earn therapy gold stars sometimes because the codependent relationships are so hard. All right, so we're going to talk about reparenting, codependency, and just a couple of tools that I've been using and remembering. So back before all of this happened in 2019, when I was a reasonably functional human being who was massively not functioning, but at least I had like the basics down, I was living mindfully between yoga and my spiritual practice and jujitsu and parenting and work and life. I had found some sort of balance that let me grow as a person, kept me with my eye on where I was going and calmed my rebellious streak. It wasn't perfect, but it worked. And then 2020 hit and I put it all down and haven't picked it back up again since. I have been barely functioning sometimes as a parent, let alone as a parent to myself. And I started doing some DBT, which is like a mindfulness over emotion therapy with a podcast called DBT Works and learning to implement mindfulness back into my life has really turned on the light to just how, um, independent, avoidant, and rebellious I am as a child. <laughs> I can get confirmation from my mom on this one, probably. So at, for my own children, they want to, you know, it's like Saturday morning. Ooh, can we watch a movie? Oh, can we play video games? Can we, can we, can we? And I'm like, yeah, sure. But first you need to brush your teeth, make your bed, get dressed, do your weekend chores, and I've always like focused on this before you do these things, you need to get these things done with my kids. However, 
I have not been holding myself to the same standards. And I've been thinking a lot about parenting and like they say more is caught than is taught. And I thought, ooh, there's a really big opportunity for me here to like grow. And it's, I want to rebel against it. I want to balk against anything that feels confining. And yet I'm doing it finally. And the other aspect of that is the learning how to transition out of things that I am learning with my kids as well. So TV time is over. Now we're going to do a meditation before we move into dinner time, bedtime stuff. And learning how to give myself that meditation time as well. So basically, reparenting is actually happening. Um... I started working on this while I was in depression because I found codependency was really running amok during depression. And I found that I needed to be able to maintain some level of routine. And using mindfulness techniques has really helped to calm the inner rebel, to calm the inner self-saboteur of my life, which is me. So I've been using the DBT therapy and teaching my kids the DBT therapy. Now let's talk a little bit about codependency. So when I first started therapy, my therapist said, you need to learn how to stay in your own lane. So... For example, I may have talked about somebody in my life at therapy and been like, this person needs therapy. And my therapist was like, that's literally none of your business. You need to stay in your own lane. And I was like, what? You're right. But what? So my visual for staying in my own lane in the beginning was that everyone I knew was on a motorcycle in the riding on the highway. And... When I try to think that I know what's better for another person, that was me veering over into their lane and trying to steer their motorcycle and my own at the same time, which always had catastrophic results in my imagination. Since then, I've developed my own be in your own lane combined with mindfulness that looks a little bit different. Now I visualize that I am Princess Mononuke riding a wolf through the woods. If you are not familiar with that movie, by gosh, I don't know what to tell you. So I no longer ride on the highway. I ride through the woods on the back of a wolf as my reminder. And for mindfulness purposes, I switch to this because I can think about the smell of what pine tree of a pine tree. I can think about the sound of a river flowing, the wind rustling through the trees. I can think about the visual aspect of seeing pine needles on the ground and pine cones on the ground and tree branches. And I can imagine the sensation of like hair under my hands or being on an animal. So it gives me those like five senses, things to tune into to bring me back to myself and to stay in my own goddamn lane. (laughs) 
as I said, I have a lot of tools, but I'm finally using them. And one of the other things with codependency, I think that codependency prevents you from being able to have secure attachments to people. It prevents you from having independence. It prevents you from having empathy and compassion for other people. And a situation had come up for a friend over the past few weeks that I found myself just really responding to her very codependently. Like I just, it felt like all I had to give. And that might have been just because I was in depression, that it was harder for me to kind of pull myself back from it. But I learned a technique in therapy called shelving, which I'm going to explain in my completely non-therapist way as being a technique where you put your agenda on the shelf and you show up for another person. And instead of showing up trying to fix something for somebody else or trying to like silver line their shit or teach them a lesson within a lesson, it's you taking your stuff and putting it aside and just being there for a person. I think that that was one of the, like, just the visual of it gave me something really valid to hold on to. When life is happening for somebody else, I can be like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm trying to run the show here. Let me put that on the shelf and let's do you right now. And it's not that I am hiding myself or removing myself from the relationship. It's just taking the time for that person to get what they need instead of me slowly draining myself off for another person because I wasn't able to just put my stuff aside. The tricky thing with this is I have really awesome interdependent friendships and then I have codependent friendships and relationships and learning how to bring that independence into those relationships has been a little bit awkward. And as the person who already is awkward, it just makes it worse sometimes. But I'm working on it. (laughs) This is the part where I say, um, pseudotherapy, listening to podcasts, reading books, Um, reading posts about psychology online, having deep philosophical conversations with your friends is not a replacement for therapy. I think it's a good and important thing to do. I think that self-awareness and I think that awareness of other people and all of those things are really amazing and the sharing of ideas is necessary, but it's not a replacement for therapy. When I go into therapy, my therapist mirrors myself back at me And I have to actually deal with myself. My friends are not equipped with those skills. And I would not and should not expect them to be able to do that for me. I think that because this tends to be a topic of interest for me, I really enjoy mirroring back at people what they do. But I think it gets me into more trouble in my relationships than it actually helps another person. So... I'm trying to not do that. 
before and see that as maybe like a codependent move when I am mirroring back at someone. That's me probably not being the best version of me. One of the other big things that I've thought about and kind of gone through in the past year is that like pendulum swinging idea of uh, right or wrong, this or that, left or right, all or nothing. And I come back to all or nothing a lot because I haven't quite sorted it out yet. I think that when I swing closer to all, maybe that is more of where I naturally reside. And I've been trying to pull myself back from that over the past year because I was so caught up in like pendulum and patterns that I was seeing in my life. But I'm starting to think that maybe my natural swing is a little wider and that's okay. And maybe that I should, instead of fearing when I get into all, I should just be aware of it. Because when I get into all thinking, I also get into excitement. I get creative. I start to come alive again. And I have been sitting on that, trying to be like, don't, don't get too excited about it. Just, you know, be happy, but don't, don't go too crazy now. It's uncomfortable to try to stifle yourself like that for long periods of time. Especially when you're a rebellious butthead. Anyways. So I have been revisiting some books, which is actually really nice. I had a phone call with a friend a couple days ago and she's like, what have you been reading? And I was like, um, nothing. And she was like, that's really weird. I was like, yeah, it has been really weird (laughs) because... For so long, I was consuming, consuming, consuming. And now I just kind of revisit the same things when I need to hear them again. Instead of constantly looking for the new great thing. So I revisit ideas like... um, This week I've been listening a little bit to Jocko and Extreme Ownership, um, which, you know, Extreme pretty much sums it up, but I need it right now. That's, it's just where I'm at. It's what I need. Um, I had a friend refer me to read, oh gosh, I'm going to say it wrong. PMA, PMA positive mental attitude. So I've been listening to that book, which is, I love it. And it's ironic too, because in PMA, they talk about the Bhagavad Gita, like constantly, which has just got me like, you know what, I, it feels like everything's just kind of coming to this like point of like, it's time to get shit done. Because I'm being referred back to things that are my yoga roots and back to my spiritual roots. And just kind of more in tune with who I was functioning as before all of this stuff happened. 
Um, I have not gone back to David Goggins yet this year, which is kind of a surprise. That's usually an annual listen. Um, but I have considered like, maybe it's time for a little Mel Robbins again. Like maybe I need a little five second rule again, just to kind of get my shit done. So I haven't been reading new books. Um, I just have been kind of sifting through some of my old books that really helped me to get in tune with me and letting them do their thing. Maybe it's different. Oh, that was about to be really lame. It's going to be. I'm, it's just going to be lame. Enjoy. Maybe this time it's different. Maybe as you work to heal your attachment styles and you learn more about your own neurodiversities and your own, um, you know, damages of life or whatever, instead of trying to just like cover them up and lay fresh ground on top of them, you actually go through them and dig through them and learn how to heal them and learn how to actually process anxiety and hurt maybe it is different maybe you can go back and listen to the alchemist and hear it with new ears because of what has happened in life so i'm going to wrap up that today before i get too long and crazy and before a ton of jets start flying over and interrupting my (laughs) recording like last time But I just want to take a moment to say a huge thank you to my listeners. I appreciate you endlessly and I wish you well on your journey to wellness and health. I wish I had the answers for everyone, but I do hope that these little tidbits, these little bits of experience of life just give you something else to contemplate for yourself. Maybe you decide today's the day that you call a therapist or read the four agreements. Maybe today's the day that you think about codependent recovery and you start to want something new for yourself. And... I just want to hold space for people who are finding that at this point because it's been a rough year and a half for a lot of people. And I think that it's really easy to downplay how hard it's really been because maybe you didn't lose your house. Maybe you did have food to eat every night. Maybe you haven't lost your job. Maybe things have been okay, but still not normal. And maybe that's enough. And giving yourself the space to know that this has been hard and that we can still get through this. (laughs) That's where we're at. So, um... If you would like to continue to join this mindfulness, loveliness with me, I hope to be back in a couple of weeks and have actually a book review that I am, I am reading a new book. So um, if that happens, awesome. If not, I'm sure it will still be something mildly interesting. I think 
life is life is like gearing up you know that sensation that feeling of like being strapped to a rocket ship and you're getting ready for blast off it just kind of feels like life can't wait anymore it's time to get going so I hope that for all of you and um until next time stay optimistically salty bye